right, like standing over me, just standing right here next to me on my bed, standing over me. Then you hear like this sound. It's like, it feels like somebody's screaming right in your ear. Um, like they're right here and they're screaming. And I, tr I tried to look at the face, but I, I couldn't. Like every inch, every centimeter feels like oh, a ton. And so I'm trying to move and I want to see it and I'm looking, I'm like straining to look up, straining to look up. I, I, could, I, I could barely move my head. It was almost like going like this, like. Uh. Um, and then I, I think I said something. I said, I just said, I remember this guy, his name is Jesus and I'm going to use his name right now. And I'm going to say just in Jesus' name, you know, you get out or said, said something to that effect. And I, f I suddenly sensed that the demons or the, the thing that was happening to me, that evil presence, just left, gone. Um, and it was amazing. It was like a feeling of victory. What scares us and what saves us. This is the fear of God. Hello and welcome back to your favorite podcast at the intersection of faith and fear, where every week we discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us. This is the fear of God. Speaking to you right now is one of your hosts, Nathan Rouse, and typically with me is fellow co-host Reed Lackey. And guys, Reed was here a minute ago, but he did need to step away to go accept his award from the Insect of the Month Club. I'm sure... We'll get to see that major award when he gets back. In the meantime, allow me to welcome you listeners back to the show and a brand new series. This series, like all the series we are covering this year, have been voted on by our patrons and you can join them so that you too can vote on what we cover this year. If the whole of this particular series is anything like this first entry, we may lean in and just name it hashtag poop glove. As it stands, the working title is hashtag docuscared. I just, I just, it's kind of a working title. I'll let, when he comes back with his award, I'll let Reed uh, comment on whether docuscared is, uh, is a good title or not. Last week on the show, we shot fireballs at three iterations of Stephen King's Firestarter on our first quarterly king of the year. This week, we are most assuredly not sleeping peacefully as we discuss the Shudder documentary, The Nightmare. Um, additionally, we will be tracking a TV guidepost in this series of episodes of the Shudder original show, Cursed Films. And you can find that only in our patron 
segment. But before we get to all of that good stuff, permit me to remind you listeners that here at the Fear of God podcast, we explore... We do not explain, except for right now, when I explain that you can find every fog and fear of God thing imaginable at thefearofgodpodcast.com, such as how to support us on Patreon, as well as essays, team bios, episode archives, merchandise, (laughs) read like I'm so scared. I'm so scared of all of it. Doc, you scared? (laughs) Doc, I'm scared. scared. I, I like the, uh, like the hashtag Ducky scared. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah, Ducky. Ducky scary. Yeah. Um, I like it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, so reread real quick business time. Yep. And then we can jump at some TV guy posts if you want one. It's good oh, to see hey, you, my brother. Okay. Um, I know. What a, good what to a, see you. You know, it's kind of clear. Uh, uh, we, we hit a bump in the King road, uh, on Firestarter last <laughs> week, but you know what? <laughs> What fun we had with our friends. It was, uh, it was a re- good time reg- talking about regardless it. Regardless of the degree of fun we might have had with Firestarter. Um, <laughs> business time. Join Patreon. Come on, y'all. Come on. I know you're, I know you're out there and you haven't done it yet. Um, but you get to vote on what we cover. You get to participate potentially in other sort of live events, a la Foggoween, a la potentially in the future the Foggies. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Join Patreon. Be a part of the fun. Get extra blips and bloops and bits like TV guideposts. Write a review. We haven't asked for one of those in a while. Go write. Oh yeah, a has review. been quite some time. Yes, it has. yes. Um, at your po- at any of your podcast platform of choice, but yeah, but especially the only if one you I know to look at is iTunes or Apple. Yeah, podcasts. Apple Podcasts. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, wherever I guess, and maybe screenshot it, and that'd be fun. Um, but read. Speaking yes. of Patreon, why don't you tell? Our listeners, what we're going to be doing during Docu Scared uh, during oh, our Patreon okay. segments. All right. So, so what's going to happen for this? And this will be, uh, you know, pretty much only for the patron segments because we won't be doing a final episode about this. But in this uh, documentary series, we're going to be covering four films as the main uh, subject uh, at work. But then also, we are going to be covering a handful of episodes from the Shutter Original Series, Cursed films, a sequence of many episodes, many uh, featurettes, documentary episodes, if you will, that uh, unpack the lore, the mythology around the curses associated with some iconic horror films, uh, and uh, in a couple of episodes, even even some non-horror films. But, um, so yes, specifically, this week, we are going to be talking about the episode of Cursed Films that involves poltergeist so uh that i mean pretty much watch that whole series because it's very interesting but uh we are specifically going to be picking and choosing a couple of episodes from that so uh so yeah that's what we're going to be talking about today on patreon i'm glad you gave us the preview and if you would be so kind let's hop in the patron mobile about this mama fama movie read uh-uh uh-uh can i no do you want to tell do you what? <laughs> tell what no i don't want to tell anything about <laughs> what the hell so okay i applaud you you did you did your boy a solid because okay i'm okay. thinking docu scared like documentaries oh and documentaries they're <laughs> analytical they're you know didactic it's like 
here's a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Here's a, maybe a particular perspective on it. Um, so I was, I asked you, I was like, Hey, Hey, what happened? Hey, Riri, <laughs> my wife doesn't really like watching this stuff. Um, but she, she's mm-hmm. a documentary mm-hmm. fan. She likes that kind of style of filmmaking. Sure. Sure. You think, you think she could watch something like this with me? And you were like, mm, I don't know. You said, <laughs> you said some of these are scarier than our fiction stuff. <laughs> yep. Bold snot, <laughs> Riri. Come on, man. But I am thankful, my friend. Uh, listen to you. Honestly, uh, in the same breath, I say, I'm mad at you for making me watch this. Um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So you tell me what I think you're referring to when you say, do I want to tell it? Uh, your texts to yeah. me and specifically the last couple of texts um, when you were watching the film. So at first, a couple of things come through. I say, I, you know, I know you're watching it, right? <laughs> then a couple of things come through and I know what you're referencing. A couple of things like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. I get that. And the second day and then, oh, man, just there is a very part Remember, of me. listener. Five years of doing this, 20 years of friendship, five years of doing this. Like, I'm kind of grateful that I realize I still have limits, but go ahead. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. After a couple of reference points, suddenly I get a picture from you. (laughs) (laughs) And the picture was of you. And I know I've been to your house, so I know the couch you're sitting on. I see the picture of you and the lamp behind you is turned on and you accompanied it with this little statement. It's like, it's been a long time since I've had to turn on a light <laughs> during a movie. Uh-uh. Uh, that no. was like, oh man, this one got it him. Was, this and, one got him. Well, and another intermixed in there was like, I, if you were to say, hey, ne-, well, that's bad because I've got a bad memory anyway, but I don't remember <laughs> the last 10 to 15 minutes. I was like, uh-uh, I'm done. I'm done. Started started second screen and stuff. My, there's not a story being told here. Just a bunch of people with this plagued with hell. And I don't care anymore. I mean, I care because God loves them, but I, I can't watch this anymore. Um, well, what's really funny that I haven't told you is the next day, the next night, I think. Mm-hmm. My wife, she said, she's like, how was your movie? I said, it was really scary. <laughs> and she was like, well, what was it about? I was like, well, it was, it was about sleep paralysis. She said, well, you know, tell me about it. I said, no, <laughs> I'm not. I know you. And I'm not going to tell you about this. In my home, Reed Lackey, we, we, sleep is a sacrosanct thing. It is mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. liturgy. I am, I am not gonna f with that woman's sleep. No, uh, no, no, not wise not, to do so. Because no, I knew no. I'm not even gonna introduce these concepts to you. Because then she was like, "Well, is it something? You know, what? How did she phrase it? She was like, is it something oh, external to them that's causing it?' And uh, that's that, okay. This was the sequence of questioning. So, like, is it something extra? Sleep paralysis. Okay, well, what's that? I was like, well. That's when you can't move when you're sleeping. Sleep paralysis, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> She's like, well, is it something? <laughs> I like, like McFly, hey, butthead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she's, she's like, well, you know, is it something external to them that's happening? Or is it like psychological oh or neurological? Oh 
I was like, no, it's it's like neurological. You know, it's it's a it's not external. It's not like the lights were on and they they stuck. And she's like, well, what's what happens when they're there? I said, no, nope. <laughs> I'm not gonna nope. tell you. I'm not you gonna. I don't want to think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just go you crank up music. Hot shoot, hot shoot. Hot shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, you don't. Oh my gosh. Gosh, I want to drop the f bomb. You don't f around with sleep in the Rouse House. No. And no, no, no. I get it. I will I tell. I'll tell you this. I will say this to you. This is the oh, kind boy. of movie when people are like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, horror." I'm like, I get it. I get it. Because <laughs> I'm like. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, no, thank like, you. I'll I'll be real with you, Reed. I was like, I don't want to think about this too much. I don't want to catch it. I don't want to catch it. No, I know. I'm 42 know. years old, but you know, caught the vid back in January. You can still catch stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to catch this, man. And that's the thing is, like, there's a section in there where they talk about. And when I watched it, there is a section in there where they talk about like somebody wasn't bothered by it until they started talking about it to somebody who had it. And then they started having it. And I was like, Oh crap. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where I kind of yeah. tuned out. Like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> what's happening. Nope. And then I was like, what's <laughs> happening in the world? Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> you know, I'm, ta- I'm toggling between some Castlevania here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm toggling between just hell and a hard place. You know, it's like, Oh my God. Goodness oh gracious. So God. yeah, that was, well, here's what's funny. And so I, I don't know, you know, this is a unique documentary covering documentaries is a unique uh, venture for us. Yeah, um, sure. sure. Although got to be real with you. I got some that ain't right. It's for sh- oh, show. Riri. I, I, got, um, I got a list. <laughs> yes. yes, I know you do. Um, but <laughs> your boy, the notary up in here has got one too. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. I actually don't like dramatize dramatizations in documentary. Like I really it's not. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the movie will get at least a nine on the fear factor for me, just forecasting that. <laughs> but, but I'll, I'll, I'll frame it this way. About two years ago mm, on Amazon prime, I stumbled Cause you know, you got all these stupid streaming services. You're like, what's oh, on? What, what's something? What's something worth watching? Like, Oh, I don't Nothing. That's how it is. Nothing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> water, ever, and, water, water everywhere. Not a drop to drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Movies, movies everywhere. Who gives a flying? Um, and uh, and there was this documentary about Ian McKellen, and I love that old man. I'm gonna cry when that man dies. And mm-hmm. I was like, I want to watch this. I started watching it, and he's talking, but then it like dramatizes some of his life stuff. I'm like, this is dumb. Oh, like, okay. This, this yeah, is yeah, like. Yeah. You know, I'm watching the Ian McKellen documentary. I want like old footage. I want like, hmm, you know, sure, sure. Uh, contemporaneous peers talking about his work. I want footage from his work. You know what I mean? Like now mm-hmm. in defense of this specific example, I didn't, I didn't watch it long because I didn't like the dramatization aspect. So maybe they get to some of that. So in Okay. Got it. So I'm, as I say that just as preamble to, I don't love here, we're talking about a thing. Let's dramatize it over here in documentary format. And so when that started with this, I was like, what is this? And then it, then I, then poop club, you know, kind of happened real mm-hmm. quick. I was like, and here's the thing is I actually tried to find someone's going to hit me up and be like, well, you didn't look too hard, Nathan. Here's X, <laughs> Y, and Z. But like on IMDb, at least there's nothing. There's very little to this. 
in terms of kind of stuff I could find at a glance. Sure, uh, or, sure. Or in I understand. A, in a quick yes, session. Yeah. And so I'm not stating these aren't real stories. But when you're dramatizing it and when there's no kind of expert testimony type stuff, because there's not, it's just all these people talking about their experience. Right, so, right, right, right. Yeah. So I, that's a, this is a, um, me finding my way into a point that sort of was significant as far as this movie goes is it's scary as hell. <laughs> uh, but I can't tell how seriously or not to take it as, as a piece of empirical documentary filmmaking. Does that make sense? Not sure, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, like, mm-hmm. these people are liars. That's not what I'm saying. There's just not a whole sure. lot of third party kind of veracity and verifying and, right. and right, expert right, right. sort of testimony, not to refute them, but just to undergird and support the idea you know right uh, right so anyway, no, I understand. anyway so so as a documentary i don't i don't love it from that standpoint as a thing that was constructed ostensibly also to scare the crap out of me it, <laughs> it so um so rodney asher as a filmmaker so he's made he's made a handful of films but um two other features that i've seen uh one is called room 237 which is about people's uh theories about the shining and the other mm-hmm. one is called A Glitch mm-hmm. in the Matrix, which is about uh, the the prospects and concepts of are we in a digital simulation right now? Is this right. not real life? Are we in a digital simulation? And in, in all of them, in the nightmare and in both of those, though the nightmare is unquestionably the only like it's it's the only like really scary experience as a film. But in all of them, to your to the point you just made, he lets people tell their stories. So that's what he does. Is he just like it, okay. it, it's almost as if he's he's framing a way in which people can talk about their experiences. And maybe once or twice there'll be this little and there's 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 a couple in here in the nightmare. There's a couple of little like pivots, like just the right question asked the right way to kind of tilt some thought one way or mm-hmm. another. But mm-hmm. for the most part, he's just letting people tell their stories, um, which I really. I respond to very strongly uh, as a filmmaker. I love the other the other kind of documentary as well, but I think this is really interesting uh, that he just sort of points the camera and lets them do their thing. Now, what he does in Room Two Thirty Seven is like most of the interviewers. I don't know; it's been a while since I've seen it, but I don't know if any of the people who are telling their theories are ever on screen. It's all voiceover over top of images from the film. Now, in this one, obviously, to your point, like he's recreating things right, a couple of times right. and using in some ways like old school jump scare tactics and dread tactics to try to unnerve you and put you into the experience that they're describing and as <laughs> exhibited by what you're talking about uh does so rather successfully <laughs> so um yeah. yeah well and and uh so um what i didn't say is clear. I didn't say not to you, but to anyone listening, like I, what I'm not saying is I think this is a faulty documentary sort of sure. uh, right, premise. Right, right, right. It's more just what I'm used to. And what I thought I was getting was a bit mm-hmm. more of that fully orbed kind of take on a, on a, on a premise right. or on a, on an idea, uh, which is by this film specifically and by what you're saying his general catalog is not really his his form uh, which is again yeah. totally fine um sure <laughs> I, if you'd said five days ago hey man i'm gonna show you this documentary it's gonna scare the shit out of you i'd have been like <laughs> bro <laughs> right, bro, right. Bro, this is frank and nathan you're talking to 
I'm good. <laughs> You're like I. I watched. Uh, I watched an Inconvenient Truth years ago. I don't do scary documentaries. God. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah yeah oh, yeah. Man. Now I'm like so, okay yeah cool. You did it. <laughs> cool. I, I I got you in. So um, we're gonna move into that ain't right. Uh, in just a second. But uh, you know what? I did a thing. I don't know that I'll do a thing all the time, but uh, I was just hmm. having so much fun. See, you, you, you've you uh, you've cracked a dam here, and now the water is just Love poured it. forth. I, I have a fog coup for the nightmare. Um, <laughs> so, so, like I said, I don't know that I'm going to do it every time because sometimes it's just not going to lend itself very well, but uh, but I have one for the nightmare uh, that, I, that, I, that I enjoy. I appreciate. So um, you ready? Here's a, if, if for listeners who don't know what got, fog coup is. I've got the first line. W T F. I've got a different one, but oh me, that, that no, it's all good. Go. Um, so, for listeners who maybe didn't listen to Castlevania and haven't been listening to the patron segment, we uh, have have taken to a fun little game where we summarize uh, the film or try to capture the essence of a film in uh, a haiku, as it were. So, uh, and this is uh, our own particular brand. So, it's a fog coup, you know. That's so it is. So, here's a fog coup for Rodney Asher's The Nightmare. Ready? Mm-hmm. Frozen sleep brings dread. Maybe supernatural. That's seven. Oh, okay. And here's the last one. Oh, no. Nighty night. <laughs> I think what <laughs> I you mean is, oh, one. no nighty night. <laughs> yeah oh man uh the tagline on this film before we get into that man uh-huh. let this just be the segue into that ain't right the tagline on this film is welcome to the scariest place on earth your bedroom i'm like whoa no no, no. Uh-uh. oh man <laughs> so yeah oh, let's do it Let's talk about That Ain't Right in this movie. That ain't right. That sure as hell ain't right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Read what? Oh my gosh! What? Okay, so we haven't. I even have like five of them, about it. So just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we <laughs> haven't even like really described it. But the movie highlights eight different individuals across. Yes. Specific. Well, actually, one is in the UK, but most of the others are in US based. Um, mm-hmm. Who deal with this sleep paralysis, and it's just them as read illustrated telling their stories, and they dramatize right. these stories they are telling, and. Some moments of the dramatization are a bit kind of absurd and you you would you you kind of shrug off. Some of them are truly staggeringly petrifying <laughs> to think uh to one, watch on screen, but two, to think this is what someone is experiencing in their <laughs> I can't even say it. I don't want to poison my sleep, man. My God. Oh my um, gosh. But there is one. There is one that trumps them all. I don't care what you have on your list. There is only one, and that is when I think poor I know which Chris, one you're gonna say. how these, bless their sweethearts, Jesus, Jesus, I'm reaching out right now, touch the, touch prayer, the lives lasers of to the Jeff, Anna, Kate, Corrine, Stephen, Chris, Connie, and Forrest. Jesus, oh give these Lord. people some rest. Uh, yes. But Chris 
in Cali. Nope, he's in New York. Connie's in Cali. Chris mm. in New York. How this poor dude is still upright and <sighs> at least talks like a sane person. I don't know. Oh, my but he God. starts describing. Is this the cat one? No, it's not the cat one. But mm. read it's the claw. Mm-hmm. It's the claw, oh, of the my claw. man. Oh, it's the claw. My and God. this isn't like oh, Toy Story. The claw. The claw. This is like <laughs> you, <laughs> your tender bits. Your tender bits are all <laughs> exposed to. To so they're dramatizing this thing, and he starts talking about his experience in the sleep paralysis, this nightmare fugue state he's in, oh and what's God. happening to him. And you just envision this dude, and he's got like boxers or whatever on, laying in bed. It's all dark and stuff, and there's a metal, like I'm holding myself because I'm so unnerved by what's <laughs> happening in it. There's this metal claw betwixt his nethers that just starts pounding, just starts pounding. Yes. Just starts pounding. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, then he's got bloody bits. I'm like, yeah, WTF. It's, it's like I could have gone yeah. the rest of my life without seeing that. That's terrible. Like that. Man, that no. ain't right. That that ain't right. Like that's we need that's a that mm-hmm. ain't right plus. That's a that ain't right plus. You know? It's like Disney Plus, <laughs> that ain't right plus. It's that ain't right. <laughs> but a little bit more, you know? You can it's a subscription, you get a subscription service. service <laughs> that ain't right plus. And your first streaming exclusively just, on that ain't right blank, plus. Blank, blank, blank. <laughs> Dead gum, man. God. Yeah, just like pul- pulverized the no! uh, area. Oh, golly. <laughs> it's so awful. Oof. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> awful. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I can't go no, on. This I so, can't go this, off. I'm going to go on. <laughs> Man, there's so many there's so many more of this. Like what every 10 minutes, every 10 minutes something happens. But this one it draws you in and it is so not fair, but it draws you in. It's, this is this came from Forrest, okay? This is one of Forrest's stories. And it came from Forrest and Forrest is sitting there and he seemed oh. to hear uh-huh. some- <laughs> It's on my list. You, I just looked for just his name. A, I was like, there it is. This is where he's going. You, you just had a visceral reaction. So he hears <sighs> on the other side of the of of the like the the door, the partition, the something. <laughs> and, he, and he he hears he's like, Hey, mm. you know, you're gonna we've entered you into Insect of the Month Club. But this is know, not and, one of the dramatizations, right? You're describing what do you where do you know this to? was a dramatization yeah this was a dramatization oh, oh, oh. and so like but but he's like yeah we we've ent-, he said he hears this voice and he's in the throes all of these creepy things that we're going to describe for you listeners happens while these people these poor victims are in the throes of th- sleep paralysis and then he says like we've entered you into insect of the month club and you're going to receive your first installment right now and the camera rodney asher is such <laughs> oh, a God. jerk the camera is just like focused at the partition, like it's looking sort of bed level view. You're looking at the sheets, the rumpled sheets over the thing, and it's looking bed level view at the partition where some shadowy thing is like, we entered you in Insect of the Month Club and you're going to get your first installment right now. And then, (laughs) accompanied by an audio burst of loud musical cue, this giant spider just freaking boom, like right there on the screen. And it is huge. It fills the frame. And I was like, no, mama, no. Oh, what God, I, <laughs> mama, no. What I, I thought you were going to say, what I thought you were going to, because it's forest related. Um, is, Man, all of, and, all of the work, forest the dis- got the worst. Oh, yeah. 
and the <laughs> distinction between uh i thought of our dear friend ian and the grays do you remember this the first time we had ian on he's talking about the aliens do you remember this at all and i was like oh, who I is do. this yes, guy yes. and what is his problem <laughs> 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 no love you ian um but uh forest in one of the non-dramatizations this is why i asked the distinction there and one of the non-dramatizations a moment happens where he's talking, he's sitting at his circular uh, kind of kitchen table and the hallway yeah, behind yeah. him is, is darkened. And so he's talking to, you know, presumably the, the director or the camera can't quite remember. And he just stops and looks over his shoulder. Do you remember this? Oh my God. I do like remember that, this. Oh my that God. That unnerved me. Yeah. <laughs> That's where and I thought they, you were going. Hmm. What? No, they, they kept it in. I just thought that oh, was yeah. brilliant that they oh, kept yeah. it in. Oh yes, it was. Like, it, just, it reminds oh me of God. the times when I would, you and I'd be recording and I'd go, oh my god it's the worst you would suddenly <laughs> yeah. notice something uh, you yes. know uh, and and it's just like oh it's a, it psychs you out so yeah so uh, i'm gonna give <laughs> i don't even like reading this crap read um i know much less i've got two more i would it. like to mention yeah so, i've got two more too uh one is in in film and one is r- related to the film but the one that's in film oh. is when jeff put respect on his name jeff in st louis um all right in his sleep state he answers his cell phone oh my god this is the other <laughs> this is one of mine oh my yes, god yes. oh <laughs> no, no jeff no. never answer Mama, your phone no. when you're sleeping when you nightmare oh, uh in your dreams no 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 and no. so he answers the phone and it's all staticky it's all staticky you can't yeah. hear nothing again physically he's in this paralysis state in the dream state he gets up he's answering the phone he's walking he can't hear it's just static Mm-mm. he gets into Mm-mm. another room and finally this man's voice comes through and and at least the way they portray it in the film in the dramatization it's a it's not a it's not an inherently malevolent voice it's just a man's voice yes but the man's voice says can you do me a favor once it finally comes through, so static, static, static. Who is this? Hello, static, static, static. Who is this? Hello, static, static, static. <laughs> enters the next room. Audible oh crack, crackles dissipate into audible vocal, and man's voice says, "Can you do me a favor?" And Jeff from St. Louis says, "What?" And I think it's another giant audio cue, like you just said. They yes. distort yes. the voice, and the voice just says, "Let me in," and it's real oh, caustic and alarming and loud and cacophonous. And skin crawling. Oh my and, god! Oh my god! And then oh you my poop. god! Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're already done. You're already done. Yeah. yeah. Oh lord! Uh, okay. Again, what's what's another one of yours? So if yours is outside the film, I'm going to mention. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll mention one more that's inside the film, and it is when, and I believe her name is, I believe her name is Connie. Um, there is a Connie. Yeah. I'd, I did. I did not write down which is which, so so you can maybe help guide me if I'm misremembering which one of these. But I think this is Connie. Um, when so this is a scene where Connie is in the throes of sleep paralysis, and she is being accosted by uh, uh, basically what she later cites as a demon, like mm-hmm. coming coming at her. But it happens twice. It happens twice where she says. As casually as if she's ordering from McDonald's, <laughs> she just says, you know, yeah, it's like as if something was right by my ear screaming at me. 
And when she mm-hmm. says that, and it happens twice, so they get you the first time, and I'm like, yep. aw, shame on you. you. You did that. But then, like, less than two minutes later, shame they on me. do it again. They, they did it again. Put it on, did it again. But then as soon as they, as soon as she says it, she says that, and then when she says it, this, this, first, the first time, there's no visual accompaniment. The first time, it's just you hear the, the noise, this jarring scream just bursts through the, the otherwise quiet moment while she's telling everything. But the second time, that jerk. The second time when she says that, the camera like slides to the right mm-hmm. as the thing bursts, this, this figure bursts into frame and screams into her. Oh my God. I, could, I couldn't. I couldn't. I was done. I was finished. I was you want to know why I turned on that damn lamp? It's because late what? in the movie, so like what? if you're sitting on my couch and you're staring straight ahead, that's where the TV is, to the right yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. stairs going up to the second floor. Well, to the right of the stairs is effectively foyer slash hallway. Typically a foyer is a, its own space, its own little mini hallway. This isn't that. It's just the front door's there and it's a path to get to like the living room. So okay. you've got stairs going up and to the right straight up just shrouded shadow. So when I finally Mm -hmm. did that was, I was like, I'm they get me. I'm about to get God. Like it's everywhere. I'm in shadow. I can't do it. I had to turn on the lamp. And even then I joked about this. I think on our very first episode of the fear of God, how, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, because I was always the last one to bed in my house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was not because I've always dabbled in genre stuff and you know uh at least at least in mild fashion appreciated that kind of storytelling sure sure and so wasn't was rarely to never inherently scared of the material but in the house i spent my middle and high school years in if you looked at those stairs around to the left was a room and read like i said i'm pretty sure i told this on uh episode one fear of god is I would look around that corner mm-hmm, and then bound mm-hmm. and then bound up the stairs. Like just Yeah, sure. Cause you never know. Right? Never know. Yeah. For the first time in 30 years, I bounded up the stairs. You bet. I was like, I am uh uh-uh. uh. Ain't getting me. <laughs> well well then, no. <laughs> read. And this isn't even oh, the scare no. I was building to. Like, we have we have um blackout curtains in our bedroom. Like Mm-hmm. Most nights, ninety nine point nine percent of nights, love those blackout curtains. It's all dark, cavernous. Keep the keep nope. the air real low. That night, I was like, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm gone. You're oh, dead. yeah, oh <laughs> yeah. So, but the real that ain't right. The last that ain't right is I'm gonna tell you a little story about one of the few things in life. Mm, that's not really true anymore because the world we live in. But no. Five years ago, uh, uh, one of the only things that would turn, you know, uh, a mild-mannered Bruce Banner into a raging green Hulk monster, Hulk machine, is, fault, is faulty technology. Like I can't mm. stand mm-hmm. when technology that I am using and/or rely on for a specific purpose suddenly goes wonky right. on me. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Just sure, blood, sure. blood boils. Lately. 
Uh, when we moved into this house, I'm not a sports fan. I don't really get into that. Uh, but one of my only asks when we moved into this house, because grandma was moving in with us, like, this is a big life change. Can I get a big ass TV? So got a big ass TV. <laughs> and lately, that TV, it's a Vizio. I've had several Vizios over time. I like the Vizio brand, but something's going sure. on weird with my TV. Speaking of Poltergeist, yeah. where it'll just reset the input. Like you'll just be watching something <laughs> and all of a sudden the screen goes black and you're like WTF Vizio. And then it just, oh my God, comes, then it just comes back on. Like it's not, it doesn't do a power down. I don't know what's happening. I've tried to do a little Googling on it. You know, how do you, how do you identify that? Um, the TV itself mm-hmm. still works. It's not frequent enough to enrage me. It's just, it's just happening. So, oh my God, when, Corrine in Covington, Wisconsin is, uh, this is the story where she's in her crib. She's telling the friggin' story of being an infant, a newborn in her crib. <laughs> her nightlight made her think someone was coming after her. So Corrine oh my gosh, is yes. telling oh. the story of shadow man. She says the words look just like a three dimensional shadow. This shrouded figure comes into view and my TV flips off. Oh, <laughs> this is pre-lamp, Reed. This is pre-lamp. Oh my! <laughs> I'm watching this documentary. I don't know what's up. I don't know. Is oh this true? God. I don't know. Is this real? They dramatizing this stuff. This is getting scary real quick. This lady talking about a shadow man. All the lights are off. I'm getting a little unnerved, and then my TV goes off. What? God. Mama, no! <laughs> Turn on the lamps. Turn on everything. Clap on everything in the house. <laughs> You know, holy cow! Oh, oh my god! Oh my yeah, god! That happened. That's my last thing, right? Is I'm watching TV, watching the show, watching this stupid movie, which is a it's a fine movie. I'm being jokey, but like that <laughs> happened. Like <laughs> the devil's in my TV. <laughs> oh god! So that's my last thing, right? <laughs> Take me. Oh away. my god! Yeah, I'm, I'm done. sure as hell ain't right oh my god oh my god so mm-hmm. it's interesting because the entire the entire production has this kind of i, I won't call it lo-fi that's not quite I, I'll, I'll point out what i'm describing the entire production has a bit of a theatricality to it mm-hmm. as if you were to a degree watching a stage play if a stage play had the capacity the to conversations have, you know yeah. Yeah, yeah, the dramatization effects and everything. Because, do you remember that moment? And it only happens, mm-hmm. I think, once, yeah. where Loved the it. person portraying the Shadow Man like moves to another set. aspect of the set or something, yeah. and then a stagehand that is fully visible comes on. So it breaks it breaks mm-hmm. the illusion for a second, and and the throws on a cloak on top of the thing, and then they proceed with the rest of the drama to say, I thought that was brilliant. I thought yeah. that was just amazing. Um, because it, it it gives this sort of, it's it's almost as if, I don't know if this was the intention, but it's almost as if a little wink of like, hey, you know, this is, <laughs> like pulls you out for a second, like breaking the fourth wall. You're like, you okay? okay, Nathan. You're a big boy. Look, it's all fake. Feel oh bad for these gosh. people, not yourself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um but also, like, the ways that some of these people will discuss and describe their condition is, it's really fascinating, man. 
it's 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 fascinating and in some cases terrifying the ways they'll contextualize like did you I'm sure you did. I mean, you recall much of the film, but like, you remember that part where they talk about how there are certain similarities across cultures and it goes to all the different mm-hmm. places on the, on the globe map and, and it's the globe map? sharing like yes. <laughs> the globe map. Yes. <laughs> uh, all these places on the map of the world um, where they are uh, describing that like, Oh yeah, there's things like the hat man or the shadow man or things like mm-hmm. that that are, that are comparable across cultures and across experiences and i was like daggum <laughs> like i don't know what to make of all of that like well chewy it's funny uh well, it wasn't funny it actually really frustrated me the night this happened but why this movie feels so like let me even talk about it with kid gloves on is uh so my kids uh, oh, we went to see Multiverse of Madness, which has a horror element to it. They came out, and my oldest, who I know is the more, uh, generally speaking, the more kind of uncertain when it comes to some of this stronger horror material, and I wouldn't necessarily uh, um, prematurely expose her to that stuff anyway, but she came out of Multiverse of Madness and was like, I like horror. I'm like, <laughs> Okay, I mean, you know, <laughs> let's watch like the a little nightmare. Bit of gore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> well, flash forward a few—I don't know, maybe a week or something. I don't remember exactly the the time frame, but I had begun pondering. Oh, and she actually she had wanted to watch Firestarter, which I was even before I saw Firestarter, the new one. I was like, I don't, I don't know, I don't even know right, how it's right, right, going right, to right. be. You know, whatever. I don't, I don't want that to be your, your, your kind of main foray into true horror. And so sure. anyway, we're, we're sitting around one night and I was like, okay, what if it's jaws? What about jaws? Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's borderline from a rating standpoint. It's got some strong aspects to it. So mm-hmm. on and so forth, but, but possibly still palatable. And I mean, Reed, we didn't finish the, the assault in the dark at the beginning, like, <laughs> Bless her heart. And like, and I was kind of confused right? about yeah. what was going on. <laughs> Reed, she she stands up off the couch and walks out of the room. I was like, hey, are you like going to the bathroom? I don't know what's happening right now. She's like, oh no, 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 I'm, I'm done. Like, oh, well, <laughs> we're not going to do this then. I'm not going to. I just spent five bucks renting this. I'm not going to like keep oh going. Oh, my gosh. If you're, li- you're oh, literally Lord. exiting the room. <laughs> Why I tell that story is in in fairness to her one that's a pretty horrifying scene and and I'm I'll own that sure, but also sure. it's the naturalism of it it's it's mm, man mm, versus yeah, actual yeah. nature um right, and so right. that's a long-winded way of saying why this movie was so dis- distressing is is these are real people dealing with this stuff <laughs> like I don't I don't give me some of that <laughs> fake scary you know good god <laughs> right oh my lord <laughs> uh so yeah and, I mean, it's, uh, it's intense so the 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 two things that I found really interesting, I, f- I found the entire ninety minutes interesting. To be completely candid, this is a, so. This is a film that I actually yes, it's really effortlessly terrifying, but it's a film that I I love and I, I respect it and I love it. That said, there's a couple of moments that maybe noteworthy, maybe talking point uh, description worthy um, that I thought were really really fascinating. Um, 
the first I'll point out is towards the end. It's poor Forrest. All the worst things happen to Forrest. But the thing that got me was the one where um, he's in this haze, this state, and he sees an image of his girlfriend with like her eyes covered, and she's got her... So she's got her hands oh, over her yeah, eyes, yeah, but yeah. she's she's gleeful, the blue, right? Like the blue she's, figure. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then this blue figure starts coming out of the out of the woods or whatever, and she's got she's got her hands over her eyes, and she's just like, oh yeah, da, 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 da. and then again, the casual nature in which throughout this film, the casual nature in which people say just terrifying things, but then <laughs> she turns around to him, and she just like, oh yeah, don't mind the demons behind you, and I'm like. And I'm I'm just sitting here like, <laughs> what? You wonder why earlier in the film, Forrest like took a double take and looked around yeah. him like like. But but then it was fascinating to me the connection, and I didn't remember this, and it, and and I did think this was really interesting. The uh, connection to the visage, the image of a stereotypical like little green man, like alien things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I found that really, really fascinating. And if you do a little bit, and I've only done like we're talking very tip of the iceberg, um, but if you do a little bit of just like Wikipediaing on sleep paralysis, you will discover that like there are some connections. There's hypotheses that it is connected to some of the people who say they've experienced like an alien abduction or something like that. There is a working theory right now that those people were perhaps suffering from sleep paralysis because of how, how akin it is Hmm. to so many of these other things. Um, You know, you obviously this is not a film about alien abduction myths, but or alien abduction stories or whatever, but, um, but it is a, um, there's some similarities to the, like, there's an invasive nature of it. There's a capturing nature of it. There's a, you're stuck, you're trapped, you know, like you can't move. Right. Um, and, and so there is a working hypothesis, which again, I find fascinating that says because of the similarities of description to the, the things people uh, are describing uh, of the beings that they sometimes see, um, that that may be what these people are suffering from when they say they've been abducted by aliens, which I, again, I found really, really fascinating. The other one that you could probably pick up on that I thought was really, really interesting is again, going back to Connie because Mm -hmm. she was not religious. So she was not a religious person, but when this experience happened to her, she's the one where again, Rodney Asher in the long shot instance that you ever listened to this, man, I love you as a filmmaker. I'm just, you, you really got me, man. (laughs) Kind of, kind of a jerk doing this, but you really got me. (laughs) But, um, you know, the whole scream thing, it's, it's that, uh, character it's that it's that person but then she said and i just i i really resp- responded to the way that she described it she talked about remembering in the recesses of her brain that like the name jesus like stood mm-hmm. out to her or whatever and then she sort of clumsily walked her way through you know in jesus name leave you know like and and again the film handles it interestingly because it doesn't feel like it sensationalizes that part of it. It it sensationalizes the scary element of it, but it doesn't feel like it sensationalizes that specific moment. But she cites, you know, she she says, in Jesus' name, leave, and she says the thing left her, and that it's never come back. And I found that really, really fascinating. She became a believer after that. Right. 
And um, I found that rem- tremendously fascinating. That's the one moment where like uh, uh, Asher as a director does not break in on their stories very often. But one moment where he did was he asked her directly, do you, I'm assuming it's him. Maybe it's one of his production assistants working with him, but I'm assuming it's him asks her, so do you believe the Wikipedia definition of sleep paralysis? And she said she didn't, that because of her experience, she believed it was something that's more supernatural. She believed it was something that that had more spiritual ramifications. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, it's just, I, I don't have, I do have something a little bit more thematic, but before we moved into whatever else, I wanted to cite those two things that I just found really, really interesting uh, about this film. And uh, I, d- I mean, my, my thematic thing is not uh, terribly lengthy or profound, but I've been talking for a while, so I'll pivot over to you if there's anything else about it that you found interesting or thought-provoking or anything by way of theme that you wanted to, to, to well, draw out. Yeah, and I think, you know, swimming in these waters, these murky, murky waters as we have for five plus years now. Um, it's, uh, you can recognize things as heightened and Mm -hmm. stark. Um, and I think what's fascinating about, because now again, I'm being very, I'm not just being jokey. I'm being very serious in the last few minutes. I really was kind of tuning out like, with some intention because mm, I was just kind yeah. of over, gotcha. over, overcome with it, overwhelmed. And, um, uh, so I don't know if it, if this is as much a final button as it is in my memory because I was tuning out, but that is a late addition to the movie is Connie's mm-hmm. story that you just described. Yes. And last like 20 minutes, I think if maybe yeah. even later than that. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really powerful it's it's quite moving and because because you can't help what i meant by we swim in these murky waters things are heightened like the notion of of her story is is a is a spike of religious experience mm. right it's it's a it's, yes it's it's outside the norm for expression but these things these people are experiencing are so outside the norm in and of itself it almost requires an equal and opposite in this case supernatural force to sort of calm it and and i was just really moved by that because one i don't get you know clearly the filmmaker isn't isn't trying to proselytize there clearly even she isn't totally trying to do that but what's fascinating to my memory again having more or less not watched the last five percent of the (laughs) film is she's one of the few who have found a way out because she is. She's the only one cited okay. in the film. Yeah. I was yeah. really just allowing mm-hmm. for the possibility I'd missed one, but no. mm-hmm. because you can't help but watch this and be utterly heartbroken for these people. Like this yeah. is yeah, like the name of the film is the experience they have. Like this is a yeah. nightmare, and mm-hmm. and and this is why I you know this sounds macabre and and it's not my intention to to sensationalize, but I'm like how these people understand the sensitivity with which I say this, how these people haven't taken their lives is kind of beyond me with what they experience oh, with what they're describing. Mm, you know what I mean? Mm, like, like, yeah, which yeah. is, which is, uh, uh, life should be valued at in all capacity. I'm simply saying these people are so right. plagued. Right. Like this is yes. deep, heavy, dark stuff that, yeah, that follows them 24 hours a day. You know, there's an old, 
to, to, to your point, there's an old word that I haven't used, that I haven't heard used in a, in a lot of contexts, but I used to hear it a lot in terms of spiritual ramifications. That's vexation. Like they're mm-hmm. they're very vexed um, by yeah. this this experience. The the constant and uh, who was it? Was it Chris who was talking about how he began to wait until he was pretty much at the point of exhaustion where he couldn't stay awake any longer because he was so dreading the experience of going to sleep. Um, right. Um, because of what, the, well, what this thing would do to them. Yeah. And, and I'm feeling slightly self-conscious by no means should it be taken as I was trying to be insensitive there. I just am saying mm, the no. degree of oppression, vexation to use your word leaves you wondering like, how are these people upright? You know, how are these people? functioning? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. and, and so it's fascinating to me. Uh, and you know, a real stark read on it is which you are not a stark read you're a lovely <laughs> read um typically pretty mellow read um is is the only way out of our own hell and nightmare is jesus and like that's kind of mm. how the movie resolves and that's like it's it's in a stronger way than i think a day-to-day life experience of faith is but my god yeah when, when yeah. the vexation is so strong it's only that that can wrestle you out uh, so, yeah. so clearly. So so I don't know. It's, it's just fascinating because what I was trying to say a second ago is the movie clearly isn't trying to say, hey, be a religious person. It is trying to right. show right. here's a person who did find a way out because that's how the movie more or less is resolving. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think there's the so the by my memory of it, the story that immediately follows Connie's story that you're describing is the one I skirted by right before that, where Forrest is, uh, you know, the 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 blue guy, and he says something in that. This is my thematic, if you will, button on it because he said something very deliberately that I was like, I'm writing that down um, because I thought it was so succinct and so profound. But he comes to a revelation in one of his moments, these moments of sleep paralysis, where he simply says four words. He says, fear empowers bad things. Hmm. And I really, again, it struck me. I paused it. I wrote that down. And it is that scene that immediately follows what you've just described, what we both talked about, is Connie's story of how she found a way out of this very oppressive condition. And then he he comes to this other place where uh, Forrest says fear empowers bad things, and it got me thinking about all kinds of the ways that we ourselves are haunted by different things, and the way that in a place where like it's not lost on me, it would be presumptuous of me to 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 think what intentions Rodney Asher did or did not have in the presentation of this condition. But it's not lost on me that the the haunting, the oppression is happening in the place of rest. Like it is yeah. it is the place where you're supposed to be yeah. unburdened and you're supposed to 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 allow yourself to recuperate and to recover. And that is the place where these poor people are, you know, just just sort of um accosted and and assaulted by this. And that has that statement, you know, the the 
the attack coming in the place of rest and the attack coming in the place of uh, uh, that is meant to be rejuvenative and recuperative. Uh, I mean, that's got far reaching ramifications and implications in our society and world that I don't intend really to, to walk into right now, just because I think it, a listeners probably know what I'm alluding to and B um, it, it just, I don't, I don't have anything more uh, productive to say about that kind of stuff except to say that I do find it sobering and encouraging to remember that fear empowers bad things. And to your point, if we look at a story like Connie's, that a way to remove that power or a way to, to sort of counteract that empowering is faith and hope. And in her case, it was Jesus. And, and I certainly subscribe to that as well. But um, if, you, if you're not a believer in Jesus, you know, sub in what you, what you find for yourself to, to anchor into that. It's just like, yeah, if fear empowers bad things, there is something that we can reach out for or try to latch onto that would disempower them. And of course, being a Christian myself, I'm naturally going to lean on Christ for that. I'm naturally going to subscribe to and um, and, and, and affirm Christ's power to disempower bad things. Um, but in many ways, too, that can sometimes kind of be leveraged in a way that I don't like where people are just like, oh, just, just call on Jesus. Sure. Well, yeah. that, that's, you know, that, that, that doesn't always play out that way. That having been said, uh, not for nothing, I love that her story is what it is and that right. she found a way to, she found a way to, to, to faith. And I love that it almost, she can't explain how the name of Jesus came to her mm-hmm. that it just sort of, it, it, she just remembered it. And, and she, I think in, in the telling of her story, she was just like this guy, Jesus that I'd heard about. And, uh, I was really very moved by that. I was really very arrested by that. And I'm trying in this way, this is not a terribly deep or profound statement, but I'm trying as times are what they are. And as things are what they are, I'm trying to remember the simplicity of the wisdom, I find it wise, the simplicity of the wisdom of that, that fear empowers bad things. But um, the I'll say it this way, but the name of Jesus can disempower that fear and can disempower those bad things. That's my expression of faith to it. I don't intend to give that as a unilateral prescriptive. Just be, oh, just, just call right. on Jesus and it'll all be fine. I know that life is more complicated than that. I know that it is. You know what? If I can be real for a second, Please. I mean, it's not as if I'm not real, but I'm just, I get nervous sometimes. because the, the, uh, <laughs> I get I get nervous sometimes to express the full veracity of what I believe or what I would express because I know it's not simple. Um, and so like in that moment, like listeners could probably hear me actively resisting just assigning a cheap prescript that I know is more complicated than that. But I do believe that. Like, I believe in the power of the name of Jesus. And it strikes me as sad. This is me just being real in the moment. It strikes me as sad that that statement of faith has been so, in different contexts, misleveraged and Mm -hmm. used to cheapen people's suffering and used to dismiss people's suffering and used to uh, in such a way that I get shy about saying it because I don't want to be categorized as one of the multitude of people who cheaply use it as a way to avoid 
the conversation instead of engaging the conversation. And um, it's just striking me in that moment, in this moment right now, the conversation I'm having with you is just you and me here. Um, it's striking well, if I, me if as, I can you know, encourage sad. you, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm sorry. Um, no, no, no. But no. if I can encourage you, uh, honestly, a, Sarah Groves, Sarah Groves lyric comes to mind, which is, it's it's not just a sign; it's a sacrament. And mm. I mm. think, I think what you're resisting, and I get it, and I empathize, and I'm right there with you. Is so many who would, and we've done it. We do it individually, whether in the present or in our past or whatever, you know, you, you wear the t-shirt, you, you, you wear the sign. Mm, mm-hmm. But when mm-hmm. you were describing Connie's story, because I was clinging, I was desperate. I was like, God, that that's, there, there is truth and real there. However, even right. Our cynical selves can occasionally be dubious of honestly, the mental image that came to me was from the sixth sense and Cole running to his tent from the fear and mm, mm. holding the statue of Jesus he had cribbed yeah. from mm, the church. Mm, like, mm-hmm. like to him, that's sacramental. That this is, there is an infusion of power in this thing that can dispel right. the darkness. You know, so, so you use that metaphor, you use uh, the other mental image that came to me. Like, literally, read these came to me as you were describing yourself, and then you, you second guessed how you're articulating yourself, but these were the mental images that came to me was, was that, and then Frodo and Shelob's lair holding up the elven icon that Mm, mm -hmm, banished mm -hmm. the darkness. Like, like, yeah. In whatever mystical way, you know, that, that, because what I hear you saying and what I wrestle with a lot is we can sometimes get buried under how we don't want to be perceived Right. That even yes. we can forget how we we know to be perceived, right? To mm-hmm. to to mm-hmm. to act, mm-hmm. to cast. Um and so I empathize with your sort of sensitivity there at the same time joining with you in the notion that the Christ mystery, the essence of light and darkness is at our hand and in in our at our disposal for yeah for abating and abolishing our own fears for mm-hmm. uh, uh as best we can assisting in the abolishing of others fears um you know i think i think there's inherently a fear that gets attached to that in our own selves of well what if it doesn't work and it's like you know that's fair that's you name those things right? and you, right. you kind of walk in that as well. But long went away of saying, um, I know what you're saying. I think our listeners know what you're saying and what it speaks to me of is, is we want so badly because it is, um, we want fully to apprehend the reality of this is not a sign. Mm-hmm. This is a sacrament. Yes. This is a, this is, yeah. Uh, uh, bread to the hungry, water to the thirsty, light to those in darkness. Like it yeah. is that thing. Yeah. Um, and and we, you know, why this movie is so kind of disconcerting to me is is I'm watching these real people, and I don't, I can't, 
not that I'd know how to in the moment, but I, I can't engage this, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm distressed on their behalf. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Right. You know, and, and, and you're thankful that a Connie finds the way out. Uh, you're mm-hmm. hopeful mm-hmm. that, uh, uh, Chris, Stephen, Corrine, Kate, Anna, Jeff are able to forest are able to find their way out you know, find something as well. No, I, I, I totally, I hear you and I, and I resonate with it. And I know we are, you know, hopefully in the next few minutes sort of winding down the conversation, but it's a, a, as weird as it sounds, it's a balm to just admit what we've been discussing these last few minutes about like, you know, I, I, I'll say it this way, like uh for, former, guest, current friend, uh, J.R. Foresteros and I, uh, chit chat, uh, from time to time, not by phone, just like over, over the internet or whatever, we'll exchange little comment section or messages, something like that. And one of the things that I had, had heard him say, um, I'm not quoting him verbatim, but he expressed an idea that basically like language can be a key to imagination and like changing mm. imagination, the mm. way we, th- the way we talk about a thing can be a pathway to shifting the way we think about a thing, which is why language yeah. is so important, you know, and, uh, and that resonated a lot with me. And I feel in my heart, like sometimes something has been stolen from me mm-hmm. in the same way. I'm not speaking to a, to, to a social or political issue, like in the same way, the term or phrase thoughts and prayers is so cheaply thrown out Mm -hmm. that when I want to express to a hurting friend or to a hurting person, I am thinking of you. I am praying for you. I feel as if something has been stolen from me, that that has been so cheapened elsewhere. And I love being a, it is, it is soothing to me in this moment, being able to remember like, no, 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 there, there is still a power that is present when it is present with sincerity, with faith grounded in the way you are talking about a thing to shift your imagination. Uh, it's like going back to the secret of Nim thing, you know, the courage may be rare, but the, the stone has a power in that, in that story. And so it is how badly so many times I say in my head or under my breath in the name of Jesus or Jesus help, or like I call on him so much more often in my quietus than I do verbally because of the ways so many things are stigmatized. And that's, it's challenging to me in an encouraging way to, to just confront in myself the way that like, Oh, well I'm resistant to cheap platitudes. And because I'm resistant to cheap platitudes, I will not often be outwardly verbal about the things that I would think in my heart or in my mind. Well, uh, I want, the, yeah. uh, again, uh, I, I enjoy that I get to play this role for you here. Let me encourage you that, you know, it is those things done in secret anyway that are most effective and which isn't mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, patronizing you whatsoever. And in fact, what I, that was the last thought that had come to me, but what clicked with me too is like, I am with you. The, the, I, I feel the theft as well. Um, and yet, which is possibly one of my favorite 
phrases in the English language. Uh, mm. And yet, mm. I think because I'm I'm remembering your own words, which for the life of me I can't quite remember the context. But you were talking about uh, the the um, syllabic nature, the the verbalized. Uh, Yahweh as breath and when you say things like mm. thoughts and mm. prayers uh, and the dilution that has taken hold and it is it is it's real like, yeah right in the yeah. same way yeah. we get to sort of state unequivocally uh, uh, the Christ mystery manifest in uh, uh, the man Jesus and and those who would follow him's actions words and deeds is a real tangible thing I would also say yes uh, the thieving has occurred uh, when it comes to some of the words we would traditionally have used. But what's great about words being stolen is their essence can't be. And the capacity mm. to mm. say to a hurting brother and sister, uh, not maybe not, I'm praying for you, uh, because of the fear of, of those words falling on, uh, you know, uh, unreceptive ears, but saying, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I'm here. Mm -hmm. You are seen, you're loved, you're known as best as possible by me as well. Yeah. You know, if, if praying is breathing, if praying is being, there's a way mm -hmm. to do that and convey that, that yes, we grieve what is lost, which is the bad faith theft of good faith, uh, uh, ideas, mm -hmm. but those good faith mm -hmm. ideas still exist to, to JR's point. It's, it, it may ask for a new way to convey it, but yeah. that new way is present and there. And it just forces us to do a little bit harder work in the imagining of, of how to convey that thing. So, so be heartened, friend, that... No, I appreciate you that. Know, those, those desires, those impulses are not false. They're not fake. They're not fabricated. Uh, you may, you may uh, do a little extra brain power which is fully in your capacity to do uh to mm -hmm. to to convey it a slightly different way than you might have of old uh and right i mean yeah I, well the, I, I don't think that's I, inherently a bad thing no and i uh i i i risk being pithy when i say this but as as you're talking just so many other phrases come to mind like the simplicity of something like uh, you know, he makes all things new or something like that. It's like, yeah, sure. So that it's possible for the old to pass away. Mm -hmm. And it's possible for, even if that means expressions, even if that means uh, certain catchphrases and pithy extractions that point to deeper and richer truths of who we are and how we are. Um, but but he makes all things new, and that is um, that is encouraging. It is encouraging, and so yeah, it's uh, you know the nightmare uh, as a film. I think it's it, it's it's visceral. This is me closing down. So sure. it, it, if you had something else, Thank feel free God. to interrupt or interject. I'm just <laughs> sort of. it, it's got a visceral power. It's got a, a very sort of base affecting sort of power to it, um, and as such. You know, makes me makes me think about those ways. Like, I'm I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful uh, that there are ways in which we can point to certain things beyond our understanding, beyond our grasp, beyond our sensibilities. 
um, and uh, reminds me that if there are, this is something that William Peter Blatty always used to express. I'm not going to be able to quote him, but he always used to express. And William Peter Blatty, for those who don't remember, wrote the novel The Exorcist that the film was based on. Um, but uh, he used to express, he was like, if there were demons, there are angels too. Like, if we can point to senseless, inexplicable things that terrify and haunt us, the converse is also true, that there are things, forces at work in the world that are senseless and beyond our understanding that are working for our betterment, our good, our hope, our healing. Um, and those things are also true. Um, and uh, that is a, a, a profoundly encouraging thought, especially when thinking about something as dreadful and horrific as the content of the nightmare. Sorry. Man, I, I just feel some compulsion to throw one last thought at you here because it's just, you, you, you did it. Um, so I'm blaming you, but... <laughs> <laughs> you can't put new wine in old wineskins. And sometimes mm -hmm. those old wineskins mm -hmm. are friggin' words. Sometimes they're institutions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're buildings. Yeah. Some oh, yes. Yes. But. Yeah. But you know what's part of that is the new wine is good. And it is mm -hmm. worth. Mm -hmm. It is worth fashioning a new wineskin for. Because mm -hmm. that. That's good. Can be distributed That's and good. given and taken in and celebrated um yeah that is great uh, fog meter um because mm -hmm. i want to go to bed and i gotta stop talking <laughs> about this movie and do something fun before i do it um uh fear and god um i will start uh this movie on the fear metric is a 10 uh <laughs> i mean it's it lives up to the title um yeah can't really cut corners there what about you one of the easiest tens I've ever gotten a film. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. There's there's certain certain people I wouldn't recommend watching it, even though I highly recommend the, the 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 structure of the movie and like as a, as a piece of art, it's great. But yeah, it's a ten on the scare meter. Um, for the god meter, this one's tough because I think it points to a lot of things, but I think it is more a presentation of a problem and a presentation that would prompt interesting questions more so than 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 would uh, necessarily land them. Not that that's a ding. But I think I'm going to land on a six for the God Meter. Um, not because I'm trying to be, you know, ungenerous to the film. I, I love the film, but it's, um, yeah, I think it points to more things than it really lands on. And uh, so, yeah, that's six for me. I'll stop qualifying. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with a five. Um, I just... Yeah, I just don't know. Um, that that feels like me kind of splitting the difference on there's something here and there's intention there. I don't really know mm -hmm. exactly what mm -hmm. it is. Um, but uh, so, yeah, five feels appropriate. Yeah. So technically, I mean, for the data heads out there, uh, it's a 7.75. I'm going to round that up to an eight on the fog meter. <laughs> um, so that's an eight on the fog meter uh, officially. Um, and uh, do you, I mean, this is tricky. Do you recommend the nightmare? I don't. Um, yeah. I think people who love horror will probably enjoy it. I, I think mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's too distressing. Uh, and it, I don't know how I, um, I can turn off the shining and ponder Jack Torrance's fate and the choices mm. he made, but I can do that in a compartmentalized fashion because I understand that what I think about Jack Torrance really doesn't matter. 
Um, <laughs> you know, right. Uh, uh, and, and I can't quite bring myself there with these subjects. Um, so, so no, I, I think it's, I think it's incredibly distressing. Uh, I think it's quite scary. Um, I wouldn't tell someone, uh, uh, Hey, you're an idiot. If you do, I just wouldn't say go for it either. Yeah, no, no, no. I I understand. No, I understand. Um, it is hard for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend it with an asterisk. If if you are a person who is easily susceptible to suggestion and stuff like that, then I would caution against this film. The film doesn't have any content aside from like a couple of mature words. It doesn't have any content that's like objectionable content. It's just scary. It's just really, really scary. And because it's dealing with real world stuff then that's why it, I yes. think, deserves a little asterisk that's like, If you hey, showed me this, a fictionalized sort of scripted film feature about someone dealing with sleep paralysis and the mm, things I go through, mm. I'd be like, ah, oh, that's a fun little horror <laughs> romp. Scared me. Yep, exactly. When you yeah. incorporate the sort of verisimilitude of it all, I'm like, eh, nope. <laughs> nope, indeed. Um, so, yeah, for the faint of heart, those uh, open to the power of suggestion perhaps a bit more profoundly, proceed with caution other than that i it's a very well structured film it's an exceptionally well made film uh and it is a film in in some twisted ways i love so uh so do recommend it on that front with an asterisk so that is the first installment of uh hashtag docu scared which is uh <laughs> is kind of fun um next week we are going to be so we did this before um, and a little bit of scheduling thing has to happen to make this work, but I, I trust that it will. Um, Steve Beckley curated Demon City Shinjuku for us in our last series. We have another uh, patron uh, actual curation for us, and this one comes from our very own That Ain't Right and That's So Right Jingle Master. It is Andrew Nelson, who will hopefully be joining us for this conversation. But next week, he would like to discuss a film. And I, th- the reason that I cited that he said this is so that every listener on the planet would know that I did not pick this. Okay? I did not select this. Andrew selected this. I gave him full berth to pick whatever he wanted to, and he picked this film. So he would like us to discuss, and I'm very excited, a film called Leap of Faith. William Friedkin on The Exorcist. It is a film directed by uh, Alexandra O. Philippe, uh, who is a filmmaker I highly admire. He makes some really interesting films, but the film is called Leap of Faith, William Friedkin on The Exorcist. And we are also going to be covering the episode of Cursed Films for the patrons, the episode of Cursed Films from season two on The Serpent and the Rainbow, the Wes Craven film. So um, familiarize yourself uh, with Reed the... Reed Lackey, co-host yes. friend. Do yes. listeners need mm-hmm. to have watched The Serpent Over the Rainbow? Um. <laughs> <laughs> the Serpent and the Rainbow. So the, the episode on Cursed Films does a decent job to where if you have not seen the film, you'll still grasp what they're talking about and what the thing is about. I think it obviously is going to connect more if you've seen the film, but if you haven't seen the film, you'll be Will fine. You you'll be lost. Break into song to the tune of Somewhere Over the Rainbow with the Serpent and the Rainbow. Mm, not with this one. Not with this one. No, no, no. No. I will say, although rewatching it is probably not a priority, it will help the main film if you have seen The Exorcist. Oh. 
Oh. If you've if you've yeah. seen it already, how recent? I don't think a, <laughs> no. If you've seen it already, a rewatch is probably not necessary. But if you've never seen it, it will help that documentary if you have actually seen that film. But anyway, that is what we are going to next on hashtag DocuScared. Uh, thank you so much, Nathan, for holding my hand as we walk through this scary little venture called the nightmare. And, I mean, you uh, remember going seen, in uh, Hall- uh, Haunted Horror Nights, Halloween Horror Nights? Forget holding oh your hand. I jump on your back. <laughs> Get me out of here. You did. Lackey. You did. <laughs> it's so funny. Tried to carry you all the way through it. Um, so, uh, but as we say on every episode, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and not the end of the conversation. And in that spirit, we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. We'll see you next week, everybody. See you guys. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media, essays, and episode archive merchandise and more. If you love what we do, please consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast. There you'll unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online event access, and so much more. We want to issue a special thanks to Jacob Hunt of TracerMatula.com for our artwork, also to our assortment of talented musicians, including Andrew Nelson, The Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes, and also to Lee Wright, who helped me, Reed Lackey, write our theme music. Special thanks also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, and if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Hi, everybody.